0: Hello everyone, it's Liam Roy here with a new episode of Modern Earth. Today we've got another curious mind on the line to talk about how modern technology is affecting the way we gather and build communities. This entire conversation granted me so much perspective, and I've been dying to share it with you. If this is your first episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Before we get started, I wanted to thank everyone for listening and send a virtual high five to those who are already supporting the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash modernearth. Consider it like that Modern Earth tip jar. Drop a tune in, grab that tea or coffee, and kick back and relax. On my Patreon page, you can submit questions to upcoming guest speakers, get early access to extended ad-free episodes, find bonus content including unreleased episodes, and much more. If you're looking for a way to support the show which costs you $0, you can share the podcast with a friend, or leave us a positive rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. Big, big thank you to everyone who's leaving reviews. I read each and every one, and it's truly what's keeping me going. Like the one this week from Lady Brightside, who said that she learns something new each episode, and that my kindness and curiosity to learn helps her as a listener. Thank you so much. That's so sweet, and I'm glad you're enjoying the show. If you really like the show, consider leaving me a review, and let me know what your favorite part is. I'm excited to read it. Now on to today's episode. Today's guest has approached the music, art, and wellness community of Manitoba as both an entrepreneur and a leader, building a culturally conscious social organization, Full Bloom. He's planted the seed into a blooming community of individuals, inspired to express their inner beauty to the world through creativity, movement, and connection. With the intention of influencing festival culture as a holistic lifestyle, he focuses on producing immersive outdoor experiences, including an annual summer arts and music festival. Get ready to hear about creating a music festival, how Full Bloom started and what it represents today, the formula for building a deeply connected social community, why personalized self-promotion is so important, virtual gatherings, if social media has actually made us more connected than ever, which networking platforms actually help us grow, and where the future of social communities and gatherings might be headed with today's guest, Jordan Both. We're good to go. Okay. You could start off with like a little bit of an introduction.
1: Okay, so hi. My name is Jordan Voth. I live in Winnipeg, Manitoba, in the middle of Canada. I do a lot of things in life. I wear a lot of different hats, but my primary hats are event coordination, festival directing. I definitely like to engage with anything to do with community development and self-development. A lot of the stuff that I do is also based in music and art. So I try to fuse together music, art along with community development
0: and self-development so what does the word community mean to you community
1: just means people living in harmony together you know we live and we live in a very segregated world not just through race and not just through class but through uh our our own households and our own little boxes we live in and so community is kind of learning how to break those those walls down to live in harmony and in in symbiosis with each other people coming together to do good things
0: Right now, I would say that you're the leader of a pretty big community, Full Bloom. And if you're thinking, wait, what's Full Bloom? They're an organization based out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. They host year-round events focused on art, music, community, and wellness. Their summer music festival, art exposés, yoga sessions, bike jams, wellness retreats, just to name a few. If you want to check them out, I've linked their website in the show notes. Would you say that that is the biggest community that you've built thus far?
1: I think the last community that i co-created with two other people, it was called Devotion. Okay. It was definitely strictly music-based and there was no community development, but people were coming to our events and were really following our brand. But that one's done. And now I'm working on Full Bloom, which I think is only... We're just getting started. So I would say Full Bloom is definitely... a a bigger, more meaningful, and more impactful community.
0: Oh, awesome. I'm curious to know, just looking at something like Devotion in comparison to Full Bloom, in what ways uh, were things different in terms of building a social community than in comparison to building one today with access to all these modern social networking tools?
1: Yeah, so the first community event that I started working on in the industry of music In 2012 was called devotion and that was right when facebook came out or right when people were really using facebook for for community building or for marketing or whatever it was and so we had decided to not use it we just decided to go with uh word of mouth and we did a lot of like texting so you'd have to like personally text people to to come and because we did it that way, it actually built a really strong community in the sense that people kept spreading the word of mouth. It didn't just seem like another promoted event. That personal aspect really made it more of a, of a well-known brand. Yeah. Um, that was a unique way of doing it. Not many people do it like that anymore. Um, so I, I thankfully got to experience both sides of it because I'm pretty sure in today's day and age, uh, majority of of events or community led events are are largely based on some sort of social media presence or um, online engagement.
0: The thing now is it's not easy to send out a mass text message that still feels personalized. I feel if I'm going to get a text message, it has to absolutely not even remotely feel like a cookie cutter thing that could have been sent to a bunch of people. Like I'm okay if I receive something on Instagram that I feel was sent to quite a few people because I'm like, okay, like this is where I would generally pick up most of the ad content that I'm receiving. And oftentimes it's curated for at least what I like. But when it's a text message, I'm like, this is where I get my personalized messages. So anything I receive here should be personalized.
1: It's really tough because, you know, like I had just put together a little campaign for a new service that I'm offering, which is sound healing. Like I'm obviously trying to pick people that are interested or people that I kind of communicate with often but at the same time i don't have a lot of time to personally message everyone and you know wait for them to respond and and give them the information in a normal kind of conversation fashion so i just record what i did is i recorded a video of me talking about what i'm offering to make it more personable and i even wrote a letter and then i sent the letter as a as a pdf to what you know sort of script i wanted to share and offer with with different people but even when it's something that's like meaningful to me like sound healing and I'm not just like trying to get a million clients. Like I really am just reaching out to certain people. All people really get to see is like, Oh yeah, this wasn't like a normal conversation where someone says, Hey, what's up? How you doing? Hey, I want to tell you about this thing. It's yeah. it, but yeah. like, I just don't have time for that. I don't think that's even efficient. Like no one's yeah. got time. For no that. one's so got it's time. Like, for I, that. I'm putting my heart into this. I've, I've written a script. I've sent you a video. Like I really do want to just share this with you. And this is the most efficient way that I can do it. Otherwise I don't have time to do it. So it's it's like something or nothing. And I think that to be honest, like we should all be promoting ourselves for whatever for whatever passion we do or for whatever skills we have or for whatever whatever services we offer. Absolutely. We should be promoting those to people because that's what community is all about. It's about how can I help you and what can we exchange in our services together? If people are scared to share their services because it's gonna feel like a promotion then I think we're, it's instilling those walls of I'm over here doing my thing. You're over there doing your thing. Unless like, unless I want your thing, don't talk to me.
0: Yeah. Then you're never going to hear about their thing. That's the hard part too, is artists, especially it's like everyone is doing something not abstract, but really it's not like a super common practice thing. So for artists to find their clients who actually resonate with that, you've got to talk to a lot of people to find those right people who are perfect for, something like sound healing. Totally.
1: So I have, I have a few ways of, um, you know, well, my, my first point is I think 2010 to 2020, I think club promoters, they, they abuse those tools so that people were so desensitized to those things, even like personal messages. But now with, with social media, there's, there's advertising, that's just kind of desensitizing people like just in general. Now the ways that you can, um, The ways that you can build community without having to be a promoter, without having to do these sort of these sort of tactics, is like just building groups of people. Like whether you're whether you have a mailing list and and certain people in these mailing lists go into certain categories, or whether you have a texting list and some of these people go into certain categories, or if you have a Facebook group that's that's dedicated to a certain Mm -hmm. demographic of people that that brings them together in their in their shared values, or it's just a space where you can offer a specific value to them. And um, these are kind of, these are definitely, it's, it's personalizing to some degree, but these are the kind of things that you have to do in this day. So I have a bunch of Facebook group pages are really a great way to do that. I mean, my last point is this, at least with full bloom in the last five, four years, I've had to do all this marketing, all this promotion in quotations, all this, uh, like outreach. I've had to do it all by myself while also producing the event and coordinating the events and booking the events and everything like that. So it's like, if I had a public relations degree or a creative communications degree or a marketing degree, I'm sure I would have better uh, tools and channels and ways of sharing my message and and connecting with my audience. But it's like, you know, we're not, we're not all professionals. We're all just kind of using the tools that we have to share our message. So, you know, once I can get a dedicated marketing team that really takes the time to communicate to the audience with more intention, with more character, with more passion or compassion, then the audience might feel that more. And and then we're kind of doing the right thing um, when it comes to promoting and, and to marketing and to, and to outreaching to our audience, so.
0: Well, I mean, you're doing pretty good. You're currently running the best event series in Winnipeg. Maybe you could actually talk to me a bit about how you organized your first event.
1: Uh, first event. So uh, one of the main intentions was it was halfway to Shambhala.
0: And if you're unfamiliar with Shambhala, I can assure you it's just as magical as it sounds. It's the largest Canadian electronic music festival located on a river ranch just outside of Salmo, BC. Though it started as a small grassroots gathering some 20 years ago, today it attracts world-renowned musicians and artists and is made up of six stages, each with their own unique flavor and style. My personal favorite is Fractal Forest, but you can check them all out on their website, which I've linked in today's show notes.
1: And that was the whole intention of Full Bloom, honestly, was I live in a city that has a very long, harsh, cold winter. The fact that we have to wait so long to get those warm festival vibes, I just figured, well, we need to break this up a little bit. And so adding an event that was celebrating festivals in the middle of the winter was kind of the main intention. A little backstory too behind, you know, where it all came from, like for me personally was I was like deeply, deeply, deeply depressed, uh, the year before full bloom. And sometimes when you hit rock bottom and you feel like you got nothing, it just, it motivates you to just be, cre- be so creative with no fear. Like, it's like, you have nothing to lose. What are you going to create? If you feel like this is your last opportunity to create something while I was plotting and planning uh full bloom, I was like, I did it out of depression and, and Um, there was a lot of creativity in there and I just kind of tapped into myself. I just tapped into like, okay, it's just me in the world. None of my friends are here. Girlfriend's gone. Dog's gone. How, what can I do? Like, what can I pull out of myself? My deepest aspect. So yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll notice a lot of artists kind of do stuff like that. Their best albums are like when they're the most depressed because they just have nowhere to go, but inward and and it's, there's some beautiful stuff in there. If you really kind of get pushed in there or if you, if you journey in there yourself. So yeah. So the inspiration, I've done a lot of traveling in my life. I've been to a lot of really fun countries um, like Thailand and stuff like that. So those countries also inspired the fact that um, celebrating music and dancing can be can be a little bit more outside the box than we think. So just bringing that back to Winnipeg, which is a city that typically is built around folk music and socials. Um, so it was just really pushing the envelope for people to experience something uh a little bit more cultured a little bit more unique and a little bit more um high vibe and, and and vibrant so to go to stage at Chambala was the main inspiration they play house music and they have visual projection like you've never seen before so that was kind of what we we're already in line with. And so we just kind of amplified and emphasized on those two things. And that's kind of where it all started.
0: Well, I mean, for anyone who wants like a taste of what that looks like, if they haven't seen your events, they can just go check out your website. And I've linked that website in the show notes. It's fullbloomfestival.com. Amazing, by the way, I spent over an hour on it. There's so much to read and watch. On your website, on one of the sub pages, it actually says, when a flower is in full bloom, it is ready to share its inner beauty with the world. When we come together to share this expression, we create the essence of a festival. So maybe you could elaborate on that.
1: The story behind the lotus flower and the and the term full bloom comes from uh, Winnipeg, meaning muddy waters. And so the lotus flower um, only grows in muddy waters. And the cool symbolism and connection between that and the actual city of Winnipeg, which is you know, a city that is a little bit tough to live in. There's a lot of people that struggle here. Like we have a very strong North end that is not doing so well. And the lotus flower represents how you can actually take all of that and grow from it. And then the brand full bloom is like, it's symbolic to this idea that even in a city that's not so vibrant, we can still grow and learn and find our inner beauty from all that nutrients of of the lessons and 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 the life that we've lived to then share it and express it at our highest expression, which is typically what festivals are all about. It's all about sharing your highest version of yourself and being in your best light. And so full bloom really is a representation of people sharing that highest expression of themselves with others and, and coming together to do it, to create like a, a community garden almost of
0: flowers. and Yeah, that's beautiful. And so full bloom has four different pillars to it, correct? there's, I think, music, art, community, and wellness. So maybe you could explain to me the four pillars.
1: Yes, sir. So our our first pillar, which was called Full Bloom um, Music and Arts, which was like dance parties and music events. We've actually uh, rebranded our music pillar to be Pollination Productions. It's all about like how bees and pollination is like spreading that juice to help other people grow. And that's what our dance parties do. They're very popular. They attract a lot of people, just like pollen tracks bees. And so that's where things all started was with our, our dance parties and our music events. And we found that people weren't really able to connect at these events because the music was so loud and people were just kind of focusing on dancing. So we decided, well, hey, let's do a drum circle or let's do full moon ceremonies or let's do like yoga and meditation. And so we developed our second pillar, which is called Unity Functions. And that pillar is all about community development, conscious connection and just holistic, positive lifestyles, but as a community. So it's like, what can we get together and do that's going to make positive change in our lives or in our kind of communities? And so, unity functions just means when we come together, things work. From its beginnings, it's come to now host events like garden projects, community cleanups, canoe trips, bike jams, and a few other uh, really great community engaging activities. Um, the canoe trip is absolutely amazing. I could go on to talk about each of these events. But the Unity Gardens is like a, an initiative that converts people's lawns into gardens and grows food for single parents, our community cleanups. We just pick up garbage every week for two months. That's amazing. Yeah. So within each pillar, it has its own set of programs and, and projects. So that's our second pillar. And then our third pillar is called habitat. And habitat just means like surrounding yourself with the things that you prefer. And so habitat represents our art pillar, which represents creativity, inspiration, and just stimulating the senses through, you know, mixed mediums of art and, and creativity. So, in that pillar you might find live artists or body painting or art shows or art bazaars or you might find um, different art installations at any of our events and so habitat kind of just shows up to add that artistic expression within our entire organization or our entire project our fourth pillar is called garden within wellness and that is a self-development pillar which focuses on wellness spirituality and growth so within this pillar you can find, um, energy healings, sound healing. You can get in contact with different practitioners or people that can maybe support your self-development journey, whether it's an astrologer or a breathwork facilitator, any of those things to help you explore yourself as an individual and who you are within the community. And yeah, it's called Garden Within. It's all about, you know, tending to the flower within yourself. Now, what's really exciting about that last pillar is. I'll be opening up a wellness center where um, all these practitioners will have like a home base and it will be a hub for self-development. And that is in the works cool. to kind of give it a full rounded picture. If I'm painting a good enough picture, all of these pillars now support the umbrella organization, which is now full bloom. And how it all works is the festival or the camp out, as we call it, is where all these pillars kind of come together to create one multifaceted multi-experiential, immersive festival. Mm -hmm. You'll find all these different pillars being represented at the campout. But then throughout the year, each of these pillars will be providing their own services and their own projects to the community and their own
0: demographics. That's awesome. So talk to me a bit about the campout or the festival. How do you hope that the festival will evolve over the coming years? I'd also just love to know if you always envisioned Full Bloom becoming a festival to begin with.
1: I always knew that it was going to become a festival because when I was doing Devotion in 2012, it was so big that we were like, we should probably do a festival, but we didn't have the longevity there to get to that point. So when, I, when anytime I start a brand, it's a festival is definitely the goal. You just have to be patient, I think, to get there if you want to build a really strong foundation. So just to kind of give you more uh, insight into like our festival was like really, really, really beautiful. It was like the programming at the festival. The, the way that it brings people together, the way that the way that we end the night with like a talent show and show and tell is like it was really such a unique experience. You asked me, how do I think it's going to grow? Yeah, I think I think and this is kind of like my secret uh, like recipe here. And I don't know if I should give this away, but my plan is for the festival to actually be a year round educational hub, cultural hub. I want the experiences at the festival to like not stop. It's like, Mm -hmm. that's where it all comes together. But then literally the next month you can like jump back into a certain part of it. And, and throughout the entire fall and winter and spring, they're um, sprinkled all over the place. Just kind of continue. They're sprinkled all over the year. And it gives people an opportunity to keep tapping into that festival energy, to keep exploring themselves, to keep expressing themselves and to keep being inspired by music and art and creativity and human connection. So, and Like no one knows this. So if they're listening to this podcast, like they're, they're really getting like, uh, an inside scoop. The goal is to have this festival grow into an educational hub, a cultural hub and, you know, a place where people can experiment with new ways of living life. I went to a festival in Costa Rica called Envision and I was at this workshop. This guy was talking about festivals and he said this one line that just always stuck with me. And it was festivals are a way of experimenting with new ways of living life. And I was like, that's, that's great. Like we build these cities for a weekend and we we just live the way that we want to live. That's awesome. And I'm trying yeah. to take it a next step further and be like, okay, we're, we're, we're experimenting with how we want to live in this weekend. And then we can just do it point, all the time. we got to start like expanding that or something like that. You see the way that these people go to Shambhala or they go to these places that are so inspiring, but then they come back into the matrix or inside a computer program and into their daytime job or back into society. And they just like snap out of it and they go back to like who they don't really want to be, the, the part of themselves that they don't like get too excited about. And I, I think, um, you know, t- I'm trying to expand on, on the power that festivals and music have to transform people's lives and, and uh, get society
0: up to the next level. Absolutely. And if you want to learn more about the 2021 Full Bloom Retreat, it's being held this August in Toulon, Manitoba. You can find photos, dates and their pricing on their website. So now I know that everyone hasn't really been able to attend any live events over the past year due to the pandemic. And so a lot of people are starting to hold like online festivals and live streams. And I know you've hosted a few live stream events yourself for full bloom. I'd love to hear a bit how you like, what's your take on how you incorporate that type of intention into your live streams?
1: Yeah. So, and it's funny because I just I just realized this the other day. That there's something that's like really out of alignment for me when I'm doing those events, and I realize that it's I don't like doing things that everybody else is doing because then to me there is no like innovative architecture. A few ways that I have tried to make them more intentional is that we have like a Zoom room along with the with the live stream on Twitch, and in the Zoom room okay. we have like authentic relating games or we have like art jams or we do different things in that space where cool. we just connect people to each other through videos so that we can like you can connect your dance floor your living room dance floor to somebody else's living room dance floor but it's so much work to create a really unique experience online for the amount of people that are willing to like click on the link and show up the other thing that that makes our online events tough is that full bloom is so much built on the fact that full bloom is all about community connection it's all about like being in a room with hundreds of people that are vibrating at the same frequency. And so we're not able to sell what we're good at on the online platform as well, because it's not unique. Like a full bloom event is unique because there's hundreds of people there that you'll all really, that you could be friends with any one of them online. It's hard to really, you know,
0: break that barrier,
1: to break that barrier and to stand out with that kind of an offering. I think to myself, like, okay everyone's doing online festivals and online music streams, how can we create like a brand new experience online? And that's where, where I think I'm missing the mark. Or I just haven't had time to kind of develop that yet. But mm-hmm. I think it's all about like virtual, virtual reality music streams is, is probably if, if the yeah. pandemic was to come back or if it continues for much longer, I would really get into like a virtual experience um, with live streams.
0: Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot of people now what they do, like a very primitive version of it. There's a platform called Gather Town. It's also a great one to start with if you're thinking of looking into this. And if you're wanting to check out this platform, just look up www.gather.town. I've also linked it in the show notes. You can create and build like a little world and it's the layout of almost how Pokemon would be like you just move your character up, down, left, right with the arrow keys and you can walk up to other people or walk up to a set space. And then when you're in that set space, then you can hear the music from a stage. Or if you walk up to another person, you can talk with them or share screen or you can see each other's video or just audio. So when you're actually in that environment, it's much more interactive. So people feel a lot more engaged. And that's a very, very initial one like there's much more complex ones like i know they do that inside video games like minecraft and fortnite but those are just some methods to create more engaging online live events
1: yeah that yeah this i've seen a little bit of this this
0: looks great yeah those might interest you gather town would be a really good one to start with i actually experienced it doing a week-long online seminar in Australia. I was actually dreading it a little bit because it was supposed to originally just be seven days of 10 hours a day of Zoom calls. And then they're like, no, we're going to do it like this. And then I was actually excited to get onto GatherTown every day and get to just walk around and interact with Like you can put little art installations in this thing and people can walk up to them and interact. You can put games like tic-tac-toe and then two characters can walk up to it and play together. So definitely something worth looking into. That's very, very
1: cool. What would you say is the more advanced version of that? If I wanted to do like a wellness retreat online, but have it virtual, you know, Gather Town's a little bit too gamer vibes. Is that like, that's what I'm looking for right now.
0: Right now... The difficult part is bridging it from something that is accessible to a lot of people to something that's really immersive. Because you can go something that's like GatherTown, which is very easy. It doesn't require a lot of processing power. Everyone can do it off of their laptop. Right. Or you can go somewhere that's like in the middle of the spectrum, which is like doing, use it, hosting it through some sort of video game platform. It's still done on your computer it still feels kind of video gamey. And then there are now like virtual reality tools where you need a virtual reality headset, but you are physically in that space. And there are already like pre-made apps that are free. I think some of them are paid that are a little bit better, but they're platforms which people use today for business meetings. And you could easily repurpose that for some sort of uh, gathering with alternate intentions, like a wellness retreat.
1: What, What kind of platform is that?
0: And so I did some digging and turns out there's actually quite a few. It all comes down to what you're looking for and hoping to get out of your virtual meeting space. Starting with the leaders for business meetings, Meet in VR and Glue both stand at the top. Both these platforms allow users to customize their avatars and make it easy for them to really recreate their image in virtual reality. Both platforms feature interactive elements in rooms such as pens, post-its and whiteboards. And allow you to import images, spreadsheets, PowerPoints, PDFs, and even 3D objects. Talk about a great way to have an immersive business meeting with members from all the way across the globe. A few other great platforms include Rec Room, VR Chat, and Big Screen. These are all great casual platforms for hanging out with friends. With Big Screen taking things to the next level, allowing users to watch movies and newly released seasons of their favorite binge-worthy shows together in the same room. The last notable platform would have to be VR, which is generally focused more on events than meetings. It's a great meetup space for people to play games like Cards Against Humanity, have virtual bonfires, play music, and much more. This platform offers a lot of customization, which can lead to a bit of a steeper learning curve for creators, but with enough persistence, can really grant you the capability to create your vision. Just keep in mind, to use any of these virtual meetup spaces, you do need a virtual reality headset like an Oculus Rift, Quest, or HTC Vive. All right, back to it. I actually, instead of doing Zoom calls with my friends, some of them have virtual reality headsets and we go into VR chat or rec room and it is mind-blowingly different when you can stand in front of someone in a virtual space and like you see their hands moving around and you can walk around and just chat versus doing a Zoom call. Oh, cool. The flip side of that coin is that's a really immersive experience. But again, for everyone to use that, they need a virtual reality headset.
1: Okay. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, that's the future.
0: Yeah. So I think that that actually could very well be the direction of the future. But at its present state, most people don't have a virtual reality headset, but they are becoming more and more popularized. Like Apple is actually working on one right now. As soon as Apple releases anything, it generally starts to become mainstream. So it's one of those things that the technology is still progressing quite a bit.
1: Totally. There was a group of programmers who threw an online festival for Burning Man. Virtual reality festival with Burning Man. I wonder how that went. Oh, cool. But, you know, all these Burning Man people, they do they do pretty creative stuff.
0: Burning Man in the multiverse. It doesn't surprise me at all that nothing stops these creatives. With the dream of virtually recreating Black Rock City, Dozens of programmers built a virtual Burning Man multiverse, consisting of eight universes and a virtual temple. Time to get lost in space and time. Each universe consists of an interactive Burning Man experience, themed camp events, deep playa DJ sets, and monumental, albeit virtual, art installations. The thing I love about this idea is that some universes are 2D and some are full-on VR, most are accessible by a smartphone or computer, and some can be experienced with a VR headset. This allows accessibility to everyone and lets users choose their own level of immersion. Imagine meeting a new Burning Man friend within the multiverse and then meeting up with them for reels the following year. If there was ever a moment for a slow motion running towards each other reunion, that'd be it, folks. Virtual Burning BRC
1: 2020. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, I was a part of that team because they were planning a festival that was going to be in real life during the pandemic. And I was actually on that team. And then they turned it into a virtual reality festival. And I was like, yeah, hey, I have no idea what's going on anymore. I'm not a programmer. And then I kind of, <laughs> you know, was in like their planning kind of committees. And so I, I got to see like the inside of, of how, what it takes to build stuff like that. And it's, it's such a, it's such an advanced level of, of technology and yeah. programming. It was yeah. just so over my head, but. Cool
0: to see. This kind of leads me into my next question is that, do you think that after all the COVID lockdowns that people will still want to attend online events? I feel like people would be pretty sick of them at that point, And they're going to want to get out of their bubble and go and explore the real world in full HD. What a beautiful sight.
1: Yeah. It's one of those things where people, they just can't wait for the pandemic to be over. And, and people mm-hmm. really just want real life events and, For people to value online experiences, I think we'll have to be pushed there. And and it'd be sad to see the world being pushed in a direction where online is the main form of of human connection. But that's kind of a scary thing to think about, honestly. Even for me, like my main offering, what I do is in-person gatherings. So I'm excited for when restrictions do lift because I think that what I have to offer will be in high demand.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But like over the past decade, online social networking platforms have become pretty amazing tools, which have allowed us to remain more connected than ever. But at the same time, the counter argument is that since we're all on our phones all the time, we're not truly connecting with those who are right in front of us in that present moment. And therefore we're more disconnected. So do you think that we're more connected than ever or separated?
1: If it wasn't for this new app that I'm on, I would probably say we're disconnected. Things like YouTube and platforms that share information, there's definitely a connection there that might not be like human relation, but it is information connection which is actually important as well, but in terms of like human connection, social media and Facebook where we're just kind of emphasizing the mask that we wear and hiding behind these almost facades of of like look how perfect my life is or or you know, only sharing certain sides of our life, it kind of makes us more disconnected. It creates this false idea of like who people are and, you know, should be like, you know, everyone's trying to be perfect or everyone's trying to like, yeah. you know, write the, take the best photo of themselves. twenty four seven.
0: Is there a secret to a great selfie? All right, where's your angle at first?
1: What do you mean, what's my angle?
0: What's your angle?
1: Uh, but there's this application that I'm on called Clubhouse. Nice. Clubhouse? It's such a revolutionary platform for human connection because it's, it's like podcasts, but in real time and anyone can join the conversation and there's an audience, there's a live audience, there's a live conversation and you can literally join that conversation in the moment and start contributing or adding value or asking questions. Cool. The fact that clubhouse is somehow attracted a really conscious and a really awakened, I guess, level of people. It is such a beautiful platform that's connecting people in a way that's never been seen before. Like, oh man, I, I can go... I'm so, so, so jacked on Clubhouse right now. I've made connections. I've I've gained 400, 500 followers on this app in 2 weeks. I've gained over 100 followers on Instagram from Clubhouse. I've had half of those followers or maybe a quarter of those followers actually reach out to me and message me on Instagram, wanting to connect, wanting to support and wanting to see how they can add more value to my life just as a genuine human being Um, and actually caring about my progress and caring about my influence in the world. And it's almost like an app for supporters to support supporters. Like you you can hop on this app and you can talk to... One of the leading psychologists in America. You can talk directly to them and ask them the question that you want to ask them. You can end up talking to like someone who has 25 plus years of experience in the education system and you can ask them, Hey, look, I'm trying to change the education system in my city. Like, how would you recommend that we do this? Like, there's a lot of change makers on there. There's a lot of wisdom on there and there's a lot of people trying to add value to people's lives. The stories that I could tell you about Clubhouse it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The things that happen to me on Clubhouse.
0: Yeah. Tell me one. Tell oh, you one.
1: Okay. So people really love my flute on Clubhouse. Every time I enter a room, everybody wants me to play the flute. It's like I reset the discussion with my flute. It gets people like grounded back into their heart to ha- keep having like really meaningful conversations. And so this one guy, he's, he like sent me $24 because I have my PayPal on there. He sent me $24. He's like, thank you for playing in my room. I actually get booked to play in people's rooms.
0: Yeah. And.
1: I was like, "Thanks for sending me that money." He's like, "He's like, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to buy like, what kind of flutes do you have? I want to buy these flutes." He's like, "Tell me the most expensive, best flutes. I want to buy those ones." And I was like, "Okay." And then he's like, "It's the double flutes, right? Like you have a bunch of double flutes." And I was like, "No, I only have one double flute. I can't afford all double flutes." And then he's like, "Oh, okay." Five minutes later, I get a notification on my PayPal. Four hundred dollars was sent to me so that I can buy a double flute, and what? it literally said, "For your next double flute." No and way. I go to this guy's profile, turns out he's like a billionaire because he's made like fucking crazy amount of money from crypto. And he's just like, you know, he's helping people feel, have better financial relationships with money or something like that. Just things like that happen every time I go on this platform. I have a best friend. I don't even know where he lives. I have friends across the entire, I've made like genuine friends from across the globe I have friends in the UK. I have friends in all the States. I have friends. I made a friend, like it's not about what country you're from. It's about what time zone are you in? That's how you connect with these people. And it's funny Mm. because like, if you think about countries being like an outdated way of, of humanity becoming a a united race, you can see it on this app. It's like, people don't ask what country you're from. They ask what time zone you're in. There's way less time zones than there are countries.
0: It's almost like breaking down the barriers of how we separate ourselves. And so, Mm. That's just so beautiful. Though we as humans may not always feel united, it's beautiful to see the walls that divide us being broken down by a simple app. Maybe today's the day you finally stay up till 2am and video call your best friend who lives across the world. Ask them what they're having for breakfast. Hmm. I really hope it's waffles. All right. All right. Where were we?
1: Like there's something that I'll need on my business. Like I'll really need like some sort of direction with how to get proper funding for a startup or how to make better pitches for a business proposal. And literally like I'll sign on to clubhouse and there, someone's there who literally has done exactly what I've done. They've done events. They're 10 years ahead of me. And then they'll reach out to an Instagram and be like, Hey, look, you want to have a zoom call? I want to see if I can offer any of my experience and advice to help you at your point in your career. And it's like, this is exactly what I needed today to help me, you know, progress. And so it's, it's exponentially helping me develop as a human being, as a business person, and as an entrepreneur, and, and as a community leader. So it's literally like the next Facebook times 100.
0: Mr. Zuckerberg, let's skip the pleasantries. Is it mad basic to post a selfie of your feet while on vacation? Um, uh, no.
1: It's platforms like that, social platforms like that, that really are actually going to exponentially utilize our connection to help us all grow even faster and so because of clubhouse i'd say yes technology can help us things like youtube can help us learn and evolve uh faster instagram where it's literally just like look at me no that's not doing much because that's just representing the ego that's just representing the facade that we're like i'm an individual i look different than you like that's not really connecting that's not really bridging the gap between different communities or different cultures the world is changing so rapidly right now like we don't really know what social media is going to look like in 5 10 years and
0: how do you think communities stemming from younger generations will differ from the ones we see in our present generation knowing that the technology and tools we currently have invented allow us to get connected with one another but cause us to spend less and less time with each other in real life.
1: Holy smokes. I guess you can just watch the documentary on Netflix called Social Dilemma. And like, it really is a dilemma. Like we're stuck at this point where there could be no return. Like it could just be the future generations aren't dealing with trauma from bad parenting. They're dealing with trauma from dopamine addiction and false connection and like, you know, isolation, but feeling connected, but also being isolated. Like that could really trip people out. Human connection is really important. I really hope that people like in my generation who were brought up without social media are able to reach these, these younger generations and teach them and guide them and lead them to a better culture and a healthier way of connecting with, with community. And so that's what I am doing with my work. And I have programs that I'll have in place that really do work to, um, reach those younger audiences. How do I reach these
0: kids? Is it cool if I ask you a couple questions that have been submitted from listeners? 100%. Let's do it. Cool. Kurash wants to know what qualities do you find most inspiring in others as you serve the community?
1: Uh, humbleness, service, selflessness. Oh man, selflessness is like, my goodness. People that value serving others to benefit others without pouring from an empty cup. That's like God's work right there. That's like, earth angel vibes i really really honor people that do that because that's literally my core foundation is just serving humanity to, to help others grow and explore themselves mm-hmm. and uh be the best person that they can be
0: um last listener question i think you already answered it but jesse from the peg asks is the festival happening this year
1: what's up jesse <laughs>
0: to give the short answer yes 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 um Sounds like you need to get your tickets, Jesse. Okay. So I have a couple rapid fire questions that I ask every guest right before we finish for the day. You can answer these as quickly or as slowly as you'd like. I'd love to know what's the most difficult part about being a community leader?
1: A lot of responsibility and a lot of people rely on me. Um, So yeah, there's a lot of accountability and responsibility.
0: Okay. What's the most rewarding part about being a community leader?
1: Just being like bold and courageous enough to like do what nobody else is doing, but it's what people need. Um, I really love doing that. You know, that's my gift and that's kind of like my honor.
0: I'll ask you about what you like most in a second too, but I'd love to know what you like least about being a community leader. Is it just having to spend an outrageous amount of time awake just working on your projects or ever feeling drained or what's really hard? What sucks?
1: as a, like a very high level empath, it would be more sensical to spend more time by myself because I am so sensitive to other people. Um, mm. but as a community leader, I don't really get to do that. I'm, I'm around people all the time. And so that can really add up. But at the same time, it's like, I love people and I love working with people and, and co-creating people. So it's a little bit of like a, a push pull there. Yeah.
0: Now I got to know, what do you like most about being the community leader? You know,
1: there's this um, quote, I think it's Steve Jobs said it. It's like, the best leader isn't someone who wants to be the leader. It's someone who has to be the leader. Mm. So, you know, like, I don't do this because I want to. I'd rather just like be alone with music kind of thing. But I do it because uh, I have to, because I have a pretty particular set of skills and gifts that like are really valuable to the community. And so I offer these gifts because they're needed. My favorite thing is being able to share creativity on a large scale. Like I get to produce an experience and then hundreds of people get to experience it. And I'm like, sweet, that's what I was hoping for. <laughs> I totally did that so that you would smile and go home feeling really happy. Um, I don't know if that's really more. I think that's more like as an artist, as a community leader, I think it's just good to represent values and culture. I think that's probably my favorite thing to represent really powerful values and a really deep culture.
0: If money was not a concern, how would you use your role as a community leader to make our world a better place? Yeah, if you had like all the dollars, what would you do?
1: It's 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 crazy because I've done everything that I've done so far with like no dollars. It's all just community funded pretty much. They are the, the shareholders. A wellness center is one of the first things. An education program is another thing. An eco village is the third thing. And... Creating cities around all of these values and principles that festivals really represent, I think would be the biggest thing.
0: Okay. What is the most valuable fact, lesson, or piece of advice that you've learned from doing what you do?
1: Okay. Well, as an entrepreneur, your business and your services to the community can only be as great as you are as an individual. If you want to serve the community, serve yourself by developing and becoming the best version of yourself. And within that, it's like people need to understand that life is about healing. Mm. You know, when you wake up in the morning, it's like, how can I connect and heal? And how can I know myself and understand myself to feel more whole in life? And with that, understanding yourself just allows you to build better relationships with other people.
0: Yeah. Wow. Any words of advice for listeners thinking of trying to make impactful changes within their own communities?
1: Yeah, totally make an impactful change within yourself. That is, that is literally the best thing you can do. Um, but if you want to make positive impact within a community, just add value to people's lives. I think people can get a little bit selfish. Um, and especially with the North American society that we're in a little bit, it's very much about like me, me, me. How can I like buy the, my dream car? How can I get my dream house or how can I, um, you know, buy things that I want? People Mm -hmm. just need to balance that out with like, how can I add value to someone else's life?
0: I wish that's how we all lived every day.
1: We'll get there. We'll
0: get there. Jordan, this has been fantastic. Maybe you could just tell our listeners if they want to reach out to you or if they want to check out your webpage, um, where they can find you online. I'll link everything in the show notes and in the show description. This is actually
1: my first time officially being a guest on a podcast. So I appreciate the opportunity. It's so awesome. um, yeah i've got a lot to share and i've got a big story and message to to kind of get out there so i appreciate you helping me do that um if you want to learn more you can check out our full bloom website at www.fullbloomfestival.com if you want to learn more about my sound healing practice and energy healing and uh, sacred grid spacing you can check that out at www.gardenwithinwellness.com my instagram is Jordan Voth underscore my clubhouse is Jordan Voth underscore. Hit me up on Facebook, send me a message. You know, you can reach out to me anytime. Even if you want to call me, I mean, I don't know how you're going to get my number, but like, feel free to call me. <laughs> <laughs> Any of this interested you or you want to get involved, please feel free to, to reach out to me.
0: Sweet. Oh, well, uh, thank you so much, Jordan. This has been fantastic. So thank you, everyone, for joining us today on the podcast where curious minds explore how technology is shaping the future of our modern Earth. If you enjoyed today's show, drop us a rating and share it with a friend. If you're new, leave us a review and hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can support the show by joining my Patreon for as little as $2 a month at patreon.com slash Earth. For that price, you can just consider it the Modern Earth Dip Jar. If you just can't wait for that next episode, or you have a suggestion for a topic you'd like me to cover, drop me a line in the comments. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Modern Earth Pod. If you'd like to follow me personally, you can find me on all major networking platforms at Roy. Links to all the products, articles, and websites we spoke about today on the show can be found in the show notes. I'd also like to thank Rai P. Beats for designing the show's theme music. You can check him out on Spotify and SoundCloud. And most importantly, I'd like to thank you for listening. Now, after the credits, I'd like to tell you guys something about myself. This week, I thought I'd let you know, I tried acid dyeing a t-shirt for the first time. It's essentially like tie dye, except I'm using acid to pull out the dye from colored shirts. I'm hooked. I've now done it to eight other of my shirts and I'm running out of shirts to wear. It's been really fun seeing what methods work. I've also melted one of my shirts in half from leaving it in the acid too long. So yeah, that was a fun life lesson. If you know any cool methods or design ideas, send them to me because I'd love to try them out with the minimal amount of shirts I have left. Again, I'm your host Liam Roy, and I'll be back to interview a new guest next time on Modern Earth.